You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. We're surrounded by Norte Abierto, which is the new Montberic 50-50 joint venture, which contains the Caspiche and Cerro Casale deposits, which have a combined endowment of 50 million ounces of gold and 13 billion pounds of copper. Um, on the project, uh, since we've had it, we've done a lot of work with all, of course, the, the data that was available to us. And, and fortuitously, uh, some fantastic geophysical surveys were done, and we've identified four porphyry centers. Uh, which is also being corroborated in part by, you know, our knowledge in the field. So we're extremely excited to get after this. Um, you know, we we feel the potential is equal to, uh, you know, either a, a, a Cerro Casale or a Caspiche on Santa Cecilia. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I'm your host, Bill Powers. And in today's show, we're getting an update from CEO Sean Wallace, as well as Chief Geologist Michael Henriksen of Torque Resources. Torque has had a lot go in their favor in the last month or two with an advanced discovery at the Margarita Project, as well as a corporate investment of $15 million from Goldfields. So gentlemen, welcome back onto the program. And Sean, can we start off with this uh, $15 million Canadian investment from Goldfields? Goldfields is a gold producer. So what did they see in Torque that would spur on their investment? Well, I think they see what we saw, which is the opportunity to build up uh, massive uh, uh, gold resources and, and copper resources, for that matter, very quickly. These large bulk tonnage type projects, you know, you can develop a lot of resources very quickly. And I think that's the sort of thing that would attract a major mining company uh, like Goldfields. And they're primarily interested in your uh, Santa Cecilia project, I believe. Yeah, you know, ultimately, I think they're going to be involved in whatever quality project that, you know, comes together through our exploration efforts. Initially, of course, uh, Santa Cecilia is the one that had the, the most appeal uh, on, on, per, on, on acquisition, if you will, because it had that drill hole. Margarita lacked the drill hole. But during the time that we were discussing a potential arrangement with them, we went ahead and made it the discovery of Margarita and then furthermore followed up on it and substantiated with, as you saw in our most recent uh, news release. Um, so I think that it's be, that project is, I can't speak for Goldfields, but I would strongly suggest knowing what business they're in, and particularly with the gold content of the Margarita discovery, it would be something that would be coming more interesting to them as, as, as time goes on here. So with the $15 million, you did have a $3 million credit facility. Are you using the $15 million to pay off that credit, credit facility right now? Well, that credit facility is also uh, has a warrant attachment to it. So we haven't decided how we're going to take care of that. Um, but we don't necessarily need to dip into our cash to do that. No, that can be converted into stock. And I believe, and again, I don't want to speak for other people, but that, that the holder of that will probably want the shares, particularly given the, the way things are going for the company. So, Michael, you are looking at uh, drilling your Santa Cecilia project. And I understand you have a community agreement in place now also. Yeah, that's right. It was a major milestone for us. We have a community agreement for seven years, which covers the length of our option. And so, you know, we've got the runway to, to get our boots on the ground and, and get going on this project that we've been dreaming about all this time. So uh, we expect boots on the ground probably mid-October. We've got uh, some pre-drilling work to do. You know, as, as we've said before, this project's been suspended in time since, you know, basically 1990. And so we got to update the geology, the alteration, you know, the geochemistry, so we can put the drill in the right spot and we're looking to drill early in the new year hopefully in january 
Will that be a reverse circulation drilling or a diamond? This will be diamond. Diamond. Okay. And so any meterage you kind of have in your head planned out right now? Uh, not at the moment because we're going to be drilling. Uh, we will be drilling in January, probably run till around April, May when winter starts to set in. We don't want to drill in the Cordillera in winter. Uh, and then we'll, you know, take a couple of months off and, and pop back up to the top of the hill and, and keep going. A um, little premature to talk meterage at this point, though, for us. Okay. If you could remind listeners, because it's been a while since we talked about the project, uh, what are we talking about here? You are surrounded by giants. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's um, we're surrounded by Norte Abierto, which is the new Montberic 50-50 joint venture, which contains the Caspiche and Cerro Casale deposits, which have a combined endowment of 50 million ounces of gold and 13 billion pounds of copper. Um, on the project, uh, since we've had it, we've done a lot of work with all, of course, the, the data that was available to us. And, and fortuitously, uh, some fantastic geophysical surveys were done, and we've identified four porphyry centers, uh, which is also being corroborated in part by you know, our knowledge in the field. So we're extremely excited to get after this. Um, you know, we we feel the potential is equal to, uh, you know, either a, a, a Cerro Casale or a Caspiche on Santa Cecilia. And, and obviously we want to take the care, you know, with that pre-drilling work to make sure that we get those uh, first initial drill holes in the right spot. So your prize is big. The prize is big. You're pursuing a huge porphyry, but you also are having success at, at an IOCG project, your Margarita project. Uh, you just released your second discovery hole there, and it's an extension of 190 meters, I believe, from your last hole. Walk us through this, please. Sure. Um, you know, obviously, we made that initial discovery. Uh, I think the press release was back in May. And, you know, we immediately wanted to follow up on it. And we've just completed uh, recently a 4,000 meter program uh, with 11 holes along that particular uh, target area, the FIA 13 uh, structural corridor. Um, we stepped out 200 meters on our first hole, hit 98 meters of 0.94 gold and 0.68 copper. Extraordinary results for me. Uh, we've learned a lot here already in that second hole. Uh, first off, we're all very surprised at the high gold content, the consistent high gold content. I mean, we have a little bit of a internal joke. Maybe it's an IOGC rather than a CG. We don't, you know, we don't know. We're, we're learning. Um, but we also learned that there's a, a quite a big uh, leaching profile and a lot of oxide material. So of that 98 meters uh, that we we put out that intercept, you know, I just like to point out that 48 meters was basically gold only because the copper had been leached and it was 48 meters, of, if I remember correctly, 1.15 grams per ton gold in oxide. So just an extraordinary start to a discovery. Um, you know, we're learning as we go. I mean, it's like rapid fire learning. Uh, each drill hole provides you with more information and new ideas. Um, what I can tell you is our feeling is that there's, you know, based on what we've learned thus far, there's probably multiple pods of mineralization on this property. We're really understanding sort of new target areas. And yeah, we've got some work to do, but, you know, beautiful start. Yeah. Could it be a disseminated deposit as well? Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, right now we're structurally controlled. There's no doubt about that. Um, but certainly, you know, it, it absolutely could be disseminated. We're seeing intrusions that are mineralized, different phases of intrusions that are mineralized. And, you know, we're just in that infancy of understanding 
what's going on here. I mean, what we can tell you for sure is there will be a phase three of drilling at Margarita. I can't tell you the timing yet, of course, uh, but you know, we're going back for sure. So Sean, on the timing of the Margarita advancement, that's a project you can drill year round, correct? Yeah, it's at uh, low altitude, near highways, you know, an hour away from Copiapo, which is, you know, the major mining center in Chile. I, it, frankly, it could not be better located. Okay. So you have these two projects. And I asked you last time, I remember about prioritization. So you shared a little bit of your executive philosophy, but you also have another uh, copper porphyry project, your Andrea project. Uh, what is happening here, Sean? Yeah, well, Andrea, we're continuing in the background when we have extra manpower and so forth, which is, you know, we haven't had a lot of that because of how well things have been going at Margarita. We've had, to, you know, yeah, that was a, a long shot project, if you will. We made a discovery. So now we've thrown, you know, our capital and our human resources towards that. Uh, but Andrea certainly is prepped and ready to go. I mean, Michael could speak more specifically to it. But, um, but I can tell you, you know, right now we've got just got access to Santa Cecilia. You know, we've had this discussion many times, even though Margarita is exciting first time, it's amazing. You know, Santa Cecilia was what, you know, who we brought to the dance, so to speak. And so we've got an opportunity now. We've also got a contractual obligations on Santa Cecilia to get up there and get some work done. So that's going to be our primary focus uh, for all those reasons. Not, uh, and then Andrea will get to, we will get to Andrea, I assure you. And uh, frankly, um, because we're actually quite quite um, excited to give it that test. We know what the odds are of it happening, but I mean, um, our Chilean team, I, I'm liking their track record so far of suggesting uh, things that we should drill. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm prone to listen to that. Sean, um, some mining investors were concerned about uh, Chile as a jurisdiction earlier this year, but there has been um, no constitutional changes from what I read in the headlines in the Western press. Is that correct? Yeah, and I think what you guys had there, and it's typical, and I don't you know, blame anybody. No one has time to be a full study on things. But, uh, um, you know, you see the, the media, obviously, the, the hyperbole you get into the media, and it's like this all this radicalism is because people can print whatever they on the internet now, particularly the, you know, these things can get out there and they can get out of hand. Um, we were never super concerned about, obviously more so just in that we had to fight this perception that things were happening, you know, all our interactions with uh, government uh, individuals of varying backgrounds and, and, and perspectives on life, if you will, within the Chilean, uh, uh, uh society that we, that we've been at, interacting with have all, given us the impression this is more of a middle of the road type company in a country rather. And I think you can see by the way the vote shook out that this is what it, they, they, the Chilean people spoke. And it's not just about mining. It's what all sorts of uh, uh, change that's coming. And we're seeing that globally as well. I mean, I'm involved with other companies and things in other parts of the world. And you're seeing that where the change is amongst it. I mean, let's face it, uh, the ability to adapt to change is sort of one of the biggest, strongest skills that people my generation and younger need to have. Uh, it's been unprecedented, the rate of change that society and humans are going through right now. So I think what you're seeing in Chile is that um, some things were proposed People said how they felt about it, and we remain extremely comfortable uh, operating, working, living, being in Chile. It's fantastic. In fact, it's I would there's nowhere I'd rather be right now. Michael, could you review for us as we conclude uh, what catalyst investors should look for over the next few months? Certainly, um, obviously, the balance of the Margarita drill results. You know, we expect that roughly in six weeks. I mean, labs, of course, uh, control the timing of that. 
um, started work at Santa Cecilia. Obviously, that's a really big, a big thing for us internally, and I think obviously for our investors as well as we get get cracking on that on that project. And then, uh, you know, obviously moving towards that first initial uh, torque drill campaign on Santa Cecilia in the new year. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much, Michael. Thank you, Sean, for this update. And congratulations again on the corporate investment as well as the advanced discovery. Thanks, Bill. Thank Thank you, Dave. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10-for-1 returns as there is in small-cap and micro-cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well, or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents. But it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.